Hi everybody. Welcome. Just gonna give it here a second while people are joining. Thank you all for joining. Um, I know we typically give these classes on Monday, but I guess we took a snow day. Hi, Miriam. We took a snow day, took advantage of that, and um, sw switched it up to a Tuesday. I'm like, if everybody else is canceling things because it's a snow day, um, we'll push off class one night. So thank you all for coming in. Um, we're moving along with the series of Holy Women. We've done Holy Woman 2, which was the Shiva Navios, and now we're moving our way through Holy Women, um, the second part of the series, and we spoke about Rivka, we spoke about Rachel, we spoke about Leah. Thank you, Hashem Ushi. Um, hi, Raisi. Hi, everybody. Thank you all for joining. Okay. I guess it's a good night, so we're all still relaxing from the snow. Um... T-Y-H, yes. Or maybe it's the color. Like if I wear a brighter color, like the algorithm changes, like people like, you know, pick up because there's a neon color there. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the story of Dina. The story of Dina is a little controversial. Oh, hi Rivka, I'm so glad you made it and you're joining tonight. Um, the story of Dina is a little controversial. I would say um, there are only two recorded stories in the Torah of um, rape and one of them is the story of Dina and welcome for those first timers and I'm glad you like the color <laughs> um, the story of Dina and then the story of Tamar later on in Navi um, where one of the sons of David HaMelech um, Amnon was um, partaking in also another story another rape and a very sad story. Um, but actually with the story of Tamar, it says that after he was with her, he was he wanted to get rid of her. And what's different here in the story of Dina is that um, actually after um, the rape occurred, Shem fell in love with her and wanted to marry her. So in order for us to you know talk a little bit about Dina, I think we made enough introductions now, I'll get started. Um, let's just backtrack a little bit um, to what we spoke about the last two weeks. And we spoke about Rachel and we spoke about Leah. So we explained that Rachel is the ultimate um, tzaddik, okay? Out of her comes Yosef. Yosef was the Midav Yusod and taught us the ability to remain a tzaddik, to remain firm, even though your background and everything changes. Um, and then we spoke about how Leah was the ultimate Baal Tshuva, where she was supposed to and be destined to be married to Esau. And then through her tefillah, she was able to change it. And she was able to not only change it, but she was able to grow higher. And she ended up marrying Yaakov first. And she ended up having six of the Shvatim, six of the 12 Shvatim, which was more than any of the other wives. Um, and an interesting story that actually happened to Leah um, which leads us to the story of Dina, is that it says that it came a time where Leah realized that she was pregnant again. And at that point, she made a quick calculation. She was very good at math. And she realized, one second, I already have six of the, the Shvatim. Bila has two. Zilpah has two. And that, only, that leaves two for my sister, Rachel. And if I were to have another son, then my sister would be inferior to the Shvachos. And she got very nervous, and it says that she davened. And um, there are different medrashim that say different things. There are those medrashim that say that Leah actually davened on behalf of her sister, that she shouldn't be embarrassed, and she should have less than Bilah and Zilpah. And she prayed that the gender of the baby change from a female to a male. 
And there are those Medrashim that say that Rachel saw that Leah was pregnant and she feared for herself that she would have less than Bilal and Zilpah. And she prayed for the conversion from a male baby to a female baby. Um, and lastly, I just learned this very interestingly, um, I was reading an essay on Wayu Torah saying that they were actually both pregnant at the same time. And Leah was pregnant with Yosef. And Dina was pregnant with, um, Rachel was pregnant with Dina. And there was like this in utero swap where Leah became impregnated with Dina and Rachel became impregnated with Yosef. But they were originally conceived, Leah originally conceived Yosef and Rachel originally conceived Dina. So that is definitely an interesting measure that I've never heard before and I was like, whoa. Um, it also explains a lot of actually how Dina was able to marry Shimon later on, we'll talk about that, and how also they, um, it says that when Yosef was being you know, sold by his brothers, they said, you just said, how can we do this? He's our flesh. And they're like, well, he's not our flesh. He's not, he's the son of Rachel. But it actually explains a little bit deeper that if Dina, if Yosef was actually conceived first in Leah, he is their flesh and he is their brother. They're not their stepbrother, their actual brother. So I thought that was just interesting. Um, there's a lot of people speaking a different language. I'm not sure. Hi, all the Latinas. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining. Okay, so those are just some interesting medrashim surrounding the birth of Dina. So now we have Dina, who was born to Leah, and she's a beautiful child, and she's outgoing, and she's friendly, and she's vibrant, and she's lively. And um, the story continues that when she was a young girl, and she was only six years old, that was when Yaakov felt he was ready to pick up with his family and leave the house of Lavan. He, at that point, had 11 sons, one daughter, four wives, and he was ready to go and make his way out. And then we famously have in Parches Vayishlach um, that Esav was approaching him. He got word that Esav is coming with 400 men um, and Yaakov got nervous. So he started preparing and he started preparing for war and he started preparing all his animals and gifts and everything to greet Esav. And it says that when he greeted Esav, he greeted him with his 11 sons and four wives. And it does not mention Dina. So Rashi asked the question, where was Dina? And it says that Dina was put into a box and she was hidden from the eyes of Esau because had Esau laid eyes on her, then he would have taken Esau, he would have taken Dina as a wife and Yaakov was scared of that. And this is not actually the first time that we see, you know, men putting women in boxes. Um, I guess this was the thing back then. We see that Sarah was put in a box when it came to Paro and Rivka was put in a box when they went down to Gerar and she was, uh, Sarah was actually put in a box twice. And we find that they were hidden from other people because they were scared that they were going to take them. But actually here, Rashi criticizes Yaakov and says that Yaakov, no. Yaakov, you should have left Dina outside of that box because she would have had the power and the influence to change Esav for the good. Which is crazy because Leah was originally supposed to marry Esav and it says that Leah could have converted him to the good, but Leah didn't end up fulfilling that role. However, her daughter had stronger energy than her and she would have been able to change Esav. Um, I also always wondered what kind of box Talia. I don't know. I'm just like imagining like, did they make holes for them to breathe in? Good question. Um, I'm always like curious. Like I, in my mind, I have this like, you know, these like, like a picture, like this caricature of like them like carrying like a box, like one of their luggages, like, you know, like sleepaway camp, those big, huge ones, like a body bag. Um, and I guess they hid her in there. Um, but Dina, 
is the only one who they say could have changed Asa for the good and he was kind of punished for that. And that's part of the reason, as we'll see, as we say that why Yaakov was punished for what happened with Dina and Shem. So anyway, the story continues. And um, she, they settle in the land of Israel. And once they're settled, it says, the, the Pasuk says that Dina, the daughter of Leah, who was born to Yaakov, goes out into the fields to greet the woman, okay? So it's very clearly, the way that it's stated is that it's Dina, who's the daughter of Leah, who was born to Yaakov. So that seems like an afterthought. But really what we want to try to show is that Dina is just like her mother, Leah. And what happened? She went out into the field. She went to go meet the people of the Shechem. She maybe was, what, we're, what we learned is that she was trying to bring the women closer to this concept of monotheism, to bring them closer to Hashem. They were over the Abel Dezara and she wanted to bring them closer. And she goes out there and she tries to influence them. That's her power. She's able to do this. And it says that Shechem, the prince, the son of Hamar, he laid eyes on her and he abducted her and he raped her, and it says that um, after he afflicted her, he loved her, and he wanted to marry her. He was enamored by her. Um, like I said, the story of Tamar, she was actually like brushed away, and, and he didn't want to have anything to do with her, but here it says that he fell in love with her, and he tried very hard to marry her, so he reached out to the family because he wanted their blessing, and he asked you know, the, the brothers, and he reaches out to Yaakov, and they weren't answering. They were so angry, and they were so hurt, and they were so upset. So Shem actually goes to his father and he's like, dad, like you got to do something. Like you're the king, I'm the prince. Like I want to marry this girl, like do something about it. So Hamar goes and he reaches out to Yaakov and he's like, Yaakov, like I, my son is in love with your daughter and he wants to marry her. So it says that the two, um, hold on, I'm reading Miriam's message. She goes out, which is one of the male tendencies, and that's because she was switched in the womb. Yes, Miriam, were you listening to the beginning? We'll get to that. Thank you. Um, yes. Yes, you guys are answering correctly. Hold on, one second. You're getting ahead of me. Um, I see everyone's very excited. <laughs> so um, what ends up happening is that um, Dina um, is sitting there in the home of Shrem, and she's waiting to figure out what's happening. And Shimon and Levi, together with the other brothers, they say they got together. And they like, hush, hush. And they're like, hey, what are we going to do? We need to make a plan. And like, they can't treat our sister like this. And I have four brothers. And I hope that they would do the same for me, if any of them are listening. Um, they would be like, they can't do this to our sister. So what ended up happening was they went out there and they had a whole plan. And they said, you know, you know what? You could marry our sister. You can marry her. Not a problem. But what you need to do is you need to all convert to Judaism. And, you, and part of that is that you need to conduct a bris milah. And not only do you have to conduct a bris milah, but your whole city has to conduct a bris milah. So they have, you have this entire town of Shem, and they're all on the third day recovering from their bris, from their circumcisions, which is the hardest day. And what do they do? They go in with swords, Shem and Alevi, and they kill out the entire town, and they go in, and they pull their sister out, and they save her, and they bring her home. And when they come home, Yaakov is like, what'd you do? Like, you didn't get my permission. And they respond with the last words, and you know whoever has the last words always wins the war, always wins the battle or the argument, right? Like I have this with my kids all the time. Like I'll be like, okay, go to bed. Okay, but I'm gonna go to bed myself. If they have the last word, they feel like they did it right, you know? So they have the last word and they say, we should treat our sister like a prostitute? Like we can't let them do that. And then there are a lot of midrashim that tell us a little bit what ends up happening to Dina. 
So let's understand them, um, and then we'll you know wrap up what we learn from the story of Dina. But a couple of the Medrashim say that Dina um, ends up staying in the home of Yaakov, and she becomes pregnant from that one encounter with um, Shem, and her child's name is Asnas. And the siblings all decided that, you know, she was a child, she was born out of rape, and they felt like it would be best if she was not raised in the home of Yosef. And for, like, many different reasons, and obviously this is all divine providence, and this is what Hashem wanted, but Asnas was sent down to Mitzrayim, and she was raised in the house of Potiphar, right? We know Potiphar. That's where Yosef ended up, and she ended up saving Yosef's life, and she ended up marrying Yosef, and Asnas and Yosef together had two children, and those were Menashe and Ephraim, and they became two of the 12 Shratim. So now we essentially have 13 Shratim. So it was a happy ending, um, all in all. And Dina, it says that she was promised that Shimon and Levi promised that they would take care of her. And it says that one of the Medrashim say that Shimon actually married Leah. Um, there's another name for Shimon in the Torah. In the, the Medrash brings down that his name was Sha'ol, and Sha'ol married Dina, and they lived happily ever after. Um, yes, there are those Medrashim that say that she had a necklace, Asnas had a necklace that said she was um, from the family of Yosef, from the family of Yaakov, and that's how they knew, and then she was married. Um, so at first glance, we have to like just try to understand, like, is the story of Dina, is it like in a positive light? Is Are we saying something negative about her? The fact that it's saying that she went out, like, is that considered immodest? Like, you know, we're always so trained, I mean, I'm always so trained to think that like, like a woman, her place is to be in the home and she can't, you know, she needs to channel all her powers and use them within. Where, for example, the male, you know, character trait is more of like a conqueror to go out there and to be there. So the fact that it's saying that Leah was a Yoetzet and Dina, her daughter, was even a bigger goer outer Yoetzet, it kind of like sheds a little bit of a negative light. And I was always like a little bit disturbed by this, like, why is the Torah putting this story out here? So the first thing that we have to understand is when was Leah a Yoetzet? When did Leah go out? Just like Leah went out, Dina also went out. So the story goes back to the, to the birth of Yisachar, that when Leah was having children, she was having many, many children, and Rachel was really struggling with infertility, it says that one night, Reuven, the oldest son of Leah, came home with a bunch of flowers that were good for fertility. They were called Judaim in Hebrew. And Rachel saw him carrying them, and he's like, what are those for? And he's like, well, it's for my mother. So he's, she, Rachel's like, your mother doesn't need it. She's having children. I'm the one who's struggling with infertility. Let me have those flowers. So Leah kind of made an exchange with her and said, what do I get in, in exchange for these flowers? So she said, um, so Leah said, Rachel said, you know what? You give me the flowers. I will give you Yaakov for the night. Because Yaakov, his bed was based out of Rachel's tent. Rachel was the main wife, that Karadabaya's of Yaakov and she said for that night you can have Yaakov for that night and it says that Leah heard the news and she went out into the fields to greet Yaakov when he came home so some people can look at this in a negative way like oh she's going out she's running out to greet him in this kind of like provocative way and then there are those that can say no Leah saw she had another chance to be with Yaakov to have more of the Shvatim to bring more of Kali Yisrael to this world she was like Benched. She was blessed. And that night she became pregnant with Yisachar. And she had another child. And Yisachar was an incredible, incredible, obviously we know that Yisachar brings a lot of Talmidei Torah to this world. So she was able to bring that into this world. So just like Leah went out in the fields to bring Yaakov closer to her to be able to have more children, 
Dina, her daughter, went out into the fields to bring people closer to Hashem. You know, we find it so interestingly with Sarah and with Rivka and Rachel and Leah. They were all powerful people. They were, they were matriarchs, they were the Imahos, they were influential, but they were very influential from their home base. What we see and we learn about Dina is that Dina was one who went out into the fields to bring people closer. She had that personality of a go-getter, of somebody who's out there, somebody could bring people closer to Hashem, and she used that power correctly. It's not a negative thing to say that Dina was out there in the fields. No, if anything, it's a positive thing. We see that she was able to bring, she could have changed Esav. Her mother, Leah, wasn't able to do that. She would have been able to do it. And you know, the Medrash says that Leah, Dina at that time was six years old and Esav was in his 90s. And Esav would have changed for Dina. We see even from that one encounter, which was a negative encounter, she was raped by Shechem. She was able to change Shechem in a way where he was ready to take on Judaism. He was ready to be accepting like the, the Torah. And he and he conducted a brismila and he was able to change everybody around him. So Dina had this incredible power about her that wasn't just only inward, she was able to draw from outward, and she used that. Now, why she was punished, um, this answer we don't know. Um, it's so hard, I, I, I literally, like I, I spent like a good week like dwelling on this idea, like do we need to know if this was a punishment or do we need to understand that this was just divine providence, this was just Hashem, you know, working out the system so that she can have a positive effect on Shechem, um, you know, it's interesting because if you think about what Shechem did, Shechem raped her, Shechem took her from the streets and violated her. And the fact that Hashem's tikkun for them was that they should have a bris milah, which is obviously connected to the midah of Yisod, and that they had to perfect that area where they were weak in. And they did that before they died. You know, there was some tikkun there in Shechem. Um, there also was a child born out of that. That was Asnas. And Asnas went on to marry Yosef, and she ended up having two of the tribes. So it's an incredible, incredible story of Dina. There's a lot of Midrashim like revolved around it, and I can spend like hours on it, but you know, I don't want to keep you. Um, but so many things that we learn from the story of Dina. We learn also about the Canaanim, how the people of Shechem, that they were so terrible. You know, it teaches us also that when we read, you know, the Torah, we read about like the Jewish people going into the land of Israel and they have to wipe all the Canaanim out. They have to get rid of everybody. You know, you, you read the stories of Yoshua and he went into this town and he destroyed everything. And he went to this town and he destroyed everything. And you're like, come on, like, are the Jewish people, like, are we like savages? Like we're going out there and we're killing people? And no, the idea is that we have to understand from the very beginning of time, like the, the people of Gerar and the people of Shechem and the people of Sodom, they were corrupt people from within. They were corrupt people from their leaders down. You know, the stories of Sodom, they're recorded to teach us that it was okay for them to be wiped out. I mean, obviously Hashem wanted this to happen, but they were terrible people. The, 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 not just the leaders of Sodom, the actual people of Sodom, the, the people of Shechem, they were so ready to, to not say anything. They just let this rape happen and out in the streets. And, and it's such a scary concept because they were involved. The blood was on their hands also, not just Shechem. So um, another reason that we have all these stories recorded in the Torah is to teach us that these people were evil from within. You know, Paro and, and, and the people of Gerar and the people of Sodom and the people of Shechem and that kind of 
gave us a right, if you were to say, that the Jewish people would be able to go in and conquer all these people and destroy them because at their root and at their essence, they were evil. Um, and then it also teaches us about the power of an influential woman. You know, she was like a real leader, Dina. She had that ability to change people, to transform people. Um, she did it obviously in a modest way. And the story that happened to her was, you know, a terrible story, but the, the feminine influence here is that, you know, she was a sincere person. She was a selfless person. She was a nurturing person and she was able, and she had that power to change people. So Thank you all for joining. I'm gonna to try to see if there are any other messages here. Do we know if she ever married or had more children? So um, are you referring to, hold on, I'm going back up. Are you referring to Dina? So Dina, the it says there are magicians that say that Dina married Shimon, and yes, she did have more children. Um, let's see if there are any other questions. Okay. Um, if anybody has any messages, please feel free to private message me. Um, thank you so much for joining and have a wonderful evening.